One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. With me, as always, on Monday nights is my good friend Mark Schindler. Mark, the Denver Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals. They beat the Lakers 113-111. to 111. And what was a really fun game? I, I know the Nuggets kind of pulled away and proved to the world that they are the best team in the Western Conference. But the Lakers had a lot to say. Before the end of this game, I I was actually quite impressed with the Lakers. Even though the Lakers got swept in this series, I thought that they did quite well. And especially in this game, this was, I I really enjoyed this game from the jump. Yeah. I mean, that makes two of us. Um, Just to to speak on the Lakers really quick, exactly like dimensionally. I mean, this was LeBron's best game of the playoffs. Um, It was his best game of the series. Uh, It felt very much like one of those, he's not going to lose tonight. Um, but honestly, I think that this series and in general, like I picked the Nuggets to win headed into the series. That's what happened. I think that you just saw like, okay, as much as this, this team was able to pull some things together, find some things late, the Nuggets were just better. Like that, there's no shame in that. That's just where this team was at. I really enjoyed the Lakers run post trade deadline. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens next year, but yeah, man, this is so much about just the Nuggets were awesome. Like Nicole Jokic hit two or three shots i mean he hits the one fading left slot falling backwards way over his head <laughs> three-pointer eventually and it's just like that i mean it's like it's one well, of the they called it a like, two because it looks so strange because he he kind of yeah. traveled a long distance and his foot was kind of sliding back but it was in the air and he's like doing this like one-legged ball behind his head for, for anybody who wasn't watching it it was kind of like if you've ever seen the karate kid <laughs> like when uh when he's practicing like the the hidden crane move on top of the uh on top of the um you know like when he's over at the beach and that's what it felt like in watching at the moment it was just so awkward it and it switched that was uh that was wild man that's one of the things about Jokic is like the more awkward and the more like strange situation you put him in the more success he's gonna have. And he proved that in so many ways. And he had that drive there at the end of the game, which he just kind of just lumbered to the rim and just got there. And you talk about like LeBron, how it's like LeBron wasn't going to lose. It looks different when Jokic is not going to lose, but Jokic was not losing this game. The Nuggets were not losing this game, whether it be through his passing, which like he was finding Aaron Gordon just on cuts and slips all night. He was. Gordon was awesome tonight in multiple ways. He was kind of poking the bear a little bit in the first half with LeBron. And LeBron played great in the first half. I think he was 11 of 13 from the field. And then Bron, it's just age. Like, I don't I don't want to give this, like, oh, LeBron, like LeBron's falling off. Like, yes, he's 38 years old. He's 4 of 12 in the second half, which he just slowed down. There was just a difference. Second half, the Lakers just looked different from the jump. And the Nuggets, I think part of it is the Nuggets finally put the focus on the way that they played basketball and not on the officials. Because I felt like too much of the first half was too much focus on, hey, make sure that you call the three seconds, the defensive three seconds. Hey, make, hey, 
wait, you didn't call this on us, but you called this on – like, there was so much focus, I thought, from the players and the coaching staff on the way the game was officiated that they were almost playing a separate game in the first half. Because the Lakers got a few favorable calls, but they're at home, and they've got the home crowd behind them. This happens in, like, every NBA game. I don't know why they're – they were kind of throwing a fit about it, and it's fine – but I felt like in the third quarter, they took care of the basketball a lot better. They had zero turnovers versus six they had in the first half. And they just played with more force in the third quarter. And then like once they did that, they erased that 15-point deficit. And it it was nip and tuck till the end. But I honestly would have been surprised after the, I think they took a lead 82 to 81 with that KCP uh, and one. And I was like, okay. I would be pretty surprised now if the Lakers actually win this game, even though it was, I mean, this is a two point game there at the end. The Lakers had a chance, but it just felt like the Nuggets are going to win this game. Well, yeah, exactly. Like you're mentioning. I mean, it felt like in watching that first half so much, like obviously like the Nuggets offense was working um, and things were flowing there, but um, the Lakers had their best half of the series and they were hitting everything. LeBron was getting everything he wanted and they were still – they weren't even – I mean, they were barely up by 10 at halftime. So I think, like, in watching that, I was, like, automatically, like, all right, you know, I think it's, all it takes is a couple of tweets from Nuggets. And to be fair, too, like, I didn't like how uh, – you know me, I don't really complain about the refs. I think this is, like yeah. – the refs were bad in this game on both sides. I did yeah. not like how they yeah, called yeah. this at all. They, 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 they were really inconsistent with contact, and um, it was just weird. But, um, yeah. But I, I don't think was, it. I don't think it affected the outcome of the game. Oh yeah, I don't think it affected the outcome of the game. But I think like yeah, it just overall, I was it was not a huge fan. It of was that, a but. it was a sloppy it was a sloppily officiating game, is the way that I would put it. I did not I did not enjoy. It. There were definitely calls on both sides, like you said, where the the, the ball stopped attacking. Really, like is this really what we're doing here? But yeah. Uh, what what else stood out? I mean, LeBron had twenty eight points in the first half of this game, finished with 40, which is obviously incredible. I mean, guys that are his age don't don't do this, but he definitely slowed down. And Jokic just kind of kept going. I felt like the Nuggets did such a good job of just hanging around. I felt like Jamal Murray was probably a little bit underrated in this game with the way that he helped the Nuggets hang around in the first half in particular, where it's like, man, the Lakers are playing so well. They're hitting all their threes. They're playing great defense. And then you look up like, oh, they're they're only up eight. Yeah. And yeah, especially in the first half, it felt like he had quite a few shots where it's yeah. like, oh, that's just just enough. That's just what they needed. Um, like you mentioned with Aaron Gordon, I thought he was so good as a cutter tonight. And like, I mean, he always is, but it just felt a little bit different. Like Jokic was I, that was the one thing. Like, I was a little bit hesitant coming out because in that first half, I thought Jokic was pretty rough defensively. Like he really mm-hmm. wasn't. He wasn't contesting things in the paint. He, like to be fair, like he's been really good defensively throughout this series, but yet yeah, tonight was not in the first half. Um, but you get him coming out this aggressive on the offensive end, really looking for his own shot, and, and like I mean, that's where it parlays out at the end. With I mean that drive that he had, like basically weight rooming Anthony Davis, yeah. was wild. And I just want to <laughs> say this too. Because, like, I do think there's going to be a bunch of, like, oh, well, 80 just didn't want 80 this, 80 that. I thought 80 played well tonight. Like, his shot didn't fall the way that yeah. he wanted to. I do think he settled for a couple of mid-rangers. But, like, no, this is about Nikola Jokic is arguably the best player in basketball. 
and he just beat the Lakers. It's yeah. not about somebody not wanting it more. It's about a team being more talented. So I do just want to dispel that because I feel like we're going to see a lot of that over the next day or two. And no, it should just be – this is the Nuggets playing really goddamn well for four games, beating a team that a lot of people picked to beat them. And it's because they were more talented and they're a better team. Like, it's that yeah. simple. Yeah. And this is where continuity in the NBA pays off. Is year after year they bring basically the core of this team back together and give it another shot. They try different role players around them. I think KCP obviously was spectacular in this game. He had a few threes in the first half that also kept them in it. Had that and one that got them the lead finally. Bruce Brown has played a vital role for them. Even Jeff Green only gave him ten minutes. You know, Christian Brown, who's been somebody who they have played a lot in this playoffs, he didn't play tonight. But they just have the right mix of players. And, yeah. and it's also oh, age, too. Like, that's the other thing, is that I think we rush, and we're doing a little bit with the Celtics. We've done this with the Celtics for years now, and we're doing it with them now even. But age and experience matters so much in the NBA, especially in the playoffs, to get to this level. And it's like, we question Jokic, we question Jamal Murray, we question what the team should be doing, but it's like... Like, right now, they're in their primes. Like, right now, Jamal Murray and Jokic are entering their primes. Like, this is when almost everybody did it, including LeBron. Like, this is the age. This is where teams move into, okay, now we're ready to win. Like, in a real way. And so, a lot of times, we kind of rush it, want to rush teams into whatever. Or say, like, oh, they just can't do it. They need to trade Jamal Murray. They do this. I, I just want to praise the Denver Nuggets for not rushing it, for not firing their coach when there was disappointment, for not caving to pressure that exists like around the NBA sphere. I mean, they've they've done really well. The Aaron Gordon trade was spectacular. I think getting well, KCP was spectacular. They they've just pushed the right buttons to finally get to this level and make it to the NBA Finals. It's uh, you make such a great point because I I mean I tweeted it partially as a joke also. Because Paul Millsap is one of like my ten favorite players of all time, but like I, I tweeted out like the domino of like Paul Millsap signs three for ninety in uh in July of twenty seventeen to Nuggets twenty twenty three Western Conference Finals running like to to be real like that is kind of part of it. That's yeah. twenty seventeen is the year that if I remember correctly twenty seventeen is the year when they play um they play the Wolves losing the quote unquote playing game yep and then. Paul is like the Paul was like for me in my lifetime that was the biggest free agent that Denver had ever signed. Like Paul is coming off of multiple All Star years, yeah. In Atlanta is in his prime, goes there. Obviously, is not on this team now, but like just like when you think about that, when you well, like you're mentioning, like when you have a team where like okay, Jokic has asserted himself, is starting to become like the guy in Denver and develop into more. Um, you have obviously you know Gary Harris and Jamal are kind of coming along there. And it just takes like the way that this team has developed over the last half decade, which is wild to say half decade, but yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Time is wild. Um, looking at that is really remarkable. Cause like you mentioned, like the, the AG trade gets made two years ago and then Michael Porter jr. Uh, I mean, not Michael Porter. And then Jamal has an injury yep. like eight games in for like through those eight games. They look just incredible. They look like they're going to win the finals that year. And then Jamal gets that injury. And then the next year, all right, they're getting right. And then Michael Porter Jr. has the injury. Yep. And like everything just kept like conflating and, and being an issue. And then finally this year, they got the right mix of vets. They got the right mix of guys being healthy. 
And like we'd like, look, I mean, we didn't even mention. My, I thought Michael Porter Jr. was fantastic in this series. So good in his role. Yeah. Like, um, the, the box score wasn't pretty for him tonight, five of sixteen, but he did everything that they needed for him. He was incredible on the glass, which I think that was one of the things that I really appreciated it from him this entire series. Yeah. Um, I thought his defense was really solid, and he just took and made enough shots that 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 it mattered. And like, I mean, even like it's subtle. It's not even stuff that really shows up necessarily on uh, even in tracking as much, but like he's just getting into the paint a little bit more off closeouts. Like he's doing enough to keep plays going. And it's the kind of stuff where like you look two or three years ago and you're like, ah, oh, is it going to be enough? Is it this? Is it that? And it just, like you mentioned, they had the patience they got here. And um, yeah, it's been really fun to watch. Well, he hit, he had some timely threes too to like get yeah. them back into this game. And just the willingness to take 10 threes in a game, you need those guys. You like need that, someone consciousness, yeah. That's that's how you provide spacing, like honestly, because he's so big and you have to close out to him, and it can't just be a normal closeout because he has such a high release and he's so he's such a big player on the wing. They got to get guys like you got to be there, uh, and that that to me was was such a big deal. There, there was one point in this game where I did think, okay, maybe the Lakers are going to get it. It was back to back charges that were called on Jokic. LeBron took. Like came in and took your classic like I'm sliding in for the charge as he Jokic is kind of lumbering to the basket, and then he gets Jokic with just an offensive foul on the next possession, and then AD grabs an offensive board, dunks it. It's we're tied at 102, and that was that was one of the moments where I thought, okay, maybe maybe this is where they can get it. Maybe this is where the Lakers can actually take control of the game again. But then it's just like. The Lakers played well. They played really hard, but there were moments where they got in their own way. And they they did this twice tonight, is that they fouled a three-point shooter. And AD, like, fouls Jamal Murray on the next play. And, like, that was just such a big bummer. And that was also the moment where I realized that, oh, my gosh, the Lakers haven't hit a three in the second half. <laughs> you know, like, they're not, they're not getting anything from deep, which was also one of the big reasons why the Nuggets are able to climb back in. Uh, then Aaron Gordon on the next play slips to the basket for an and one dunk. Then the next play is that Jokic three, which was a bang three where he's this one legged ball behind his head. Like we mentioned up at at the top of this. And that was, that really felt like it was about it. I know the Lakers made another run at it, but that run there after, what could have been really detrimental and credit Jokic for staying engaged in the game and for not being afraid because like he gets five fouls. There's a lot of guys that get five fouls and they just disappear. Like they just become a ghost. But Jokic is like, no, no, no. Like this is still my game. He, he let LeBron get by him for a layup. But for the most part, like that was, it was Jokic's game down the stretch and he really closed it for him. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah. No, it was really fun to see him take over, especially too because, like you mentioned, with those, uh, he still you know lets his uh, his 
frustrations get the best of him sometimes. Yeah. I think, you know, looking at a, I, I mean, I, there was some ire over the back to back fouls. I thought the first one wasn't really debatable. Like, I think he should have just taken the three that LeBron's feet looked pretty damn set to me. Yeah. Um, that second one was not debatable. Like, you can question whether or not LeBron's feet were set, but it was a very blatant push off. Like, and I think it, it sounds dumb, but like, with that being his fifth foul, with how many games I've seen where, you know, in the past where that can devolve very quickly into Nicola getting attacked or getting, yeah. you know, just, just getting in his own head and acting out. Like, I, I think to see him do this was was nice. And it's just kind of, again, like kind of a culmination of, like you mentioned, of um, of years of, of kind of trial and error to get to this point. Yeah. What a huge moment for the Denver Nuggets to get to the NBA Finals with this squad. It looks like they're going to be playing the eighth seed heat. I mean, I, I would be pretty surprised if the Celtics kind of climb back into this. But we're going to have what is going to be a Nikola Jokic-Jimmy Butler NBA Finals. And I am fascinated to break that one down. We won't do it tonight, but I am absolutely fascinated to break that one down. Uh, Mark, what else from this game stood out to you? Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, do I have anything else on tonight? I don't, I don't think I have too much else on tonight. Um, I, I, I think mainly I'm just going to be interested to see what the Lakers do in the off season and how yeah. they try and tweak things. And you think um, it'll involve well, anybody that was sitting courtside tonight? Maybe. I, that's so, so <laughs> Can you believe um, that Kyrie Irving is sitting courtside? I mean, for yeah, this game? but I mean, also, yes, no, we can like, believe it, but it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Also, we do have to say, quick shout out to Carmelo Anthony, man. Hey. Uh, I I tweeted this out today um, just because, like, I don't know, my birthday's coming up. So I've been thinking about time just in general a lot, not to get like all sentimental on, on a, the daily dang, but like, I don't know. I just remember when I was like probably 10 and there was an episode of Ned's The Classified School Survival Guide and Carmelo Anthony, it was like, Ned finds Carmelo Anthony, like, like a signed pair of Carmelo Anthony shoes in the school lost and found, which <laughs> makes absolutely no sense. But like Melo's <laughs> in the episode with like a brief cameo. And the, the whole episode is like just about morality and shit. And uh, like, I don't know. For me, I, Carmelo Anthony has been like, I he's been a central part of my life since I was, you know, like five or six when, yeah. he, when he and, and LeBron got drafted. And um, like, I mean, I don't know. Like it, it hits it hits weird with, with Melo, and I think it just makes me think even more so, like especially with LeBron going getting swept in, in the conference finals, like makes me think even more like, holy shit, what is that? <laughs> I have no idea what I'm gonna feel when LeBron <laughs> retires someday. Um, but shout out to Melo for just an awesome career. Uh one of my favorite players to ever watch, especially to play in 2K. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um it's kind of wild to talk about Carmelo Anthony retiring, but here we are. Yeah. I know. Mello is awesome. So he was what here. Is, I gotta ask, what is your favorite OKC Mello story? If 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 there is a positive one. But. Oh, I mean, I will just say this: that Carmelo Anthony is easily the coolest person I've ever stood next to in my entire life. And I've stood next to like Paul George and Westbrook and Chris Paul and Shea and all these guys. But there's nobody like Carmelo Anthony, and it's because. When you're talking to him, he makes you also feel cool. Like there's those people in life that are like super cool, but they make you feel like you're like two feet tall. 
Yeah. Mello is there, and when you're standing with him, he makes everybody like in his circle feel cool, whether you like really know him or not. And he was just the greatest guy to deal with all season here in OKC, even though like things didn't go that well for him here. Like he was always super cool to deal with, like as media. Um, and it's like I'll be very, I'm always very thankful for that with him. He all, and he's always a good quote. I mean, obviously the media day stuff with him. You know, talking about not wanting to come off the bench and everything was just hilarious. Like he's just he's yeah. just constantly he's a story all the time. I wish he was here a little bit longer, uh, just because he was so fun. And like you saw from his video that he released today, he did he did yeah. not include Oklahoma City <laughs> as a of part not. of this yeah. video <laughs> well, today. Here's, I just to, to, to close out for us too. You have to. I think the best thing that I've I've come out of from today is Fred Katz. Obviously worked at the Oklahomans. Yeah, at the time. Norman transcript. Um, Norman athletes. transcript. Yeah. Fred Katz. Yeah. <laughs> when I covered Mellon and OKC, I had to write from locker room post game to get stories in from the 10:30 deadline. So at like 10:27, Mellon would come over and heckle me for fun. One no. time, he pointed at the screen and said, "That sentence is trash." Also, you got to type faster than that. <laughs> and that's just—I don't know. I, for anybody who's ever uh, kind of been having ne- needed to file a story late, uh, that is hilarious. And just in general, for having any any interaction like that. So I think yeah. It's, uh, it's cool. Yeah. No, that, that definitely like speaks to the way that he like he just acknowledge like just acknowledging the media as people, like outside of like a scrum or something. It's like definitely something Mello did all the time. And that's kind of what made everybody really enjoy being around him because he would do that. Like he'd review just randomly and you're just like, Oh, this is Carmelo Anthony yeah. talking to me. Um, but yeah. Yeah, big shouts to Mello. And big shouts to Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, beating the Lakers 113 to 111, heading to the NBA Finals. Boy, do they get a lot of rest because the NBA Finals are not for a while. <laughs> like a week and a half of rest before they get to play, uh, which is great. Uh, the Miami Heat, uh, we will have another show for you guys tomorrow night after that Heat game. If the Heat beat the Celtics, they will also have a long rest. So. We'll have two very well-rested squads before the NBA Finals, which uh, could be very, very fun. I have no clue how to predict anything. I've been trying to predict everything in the playoffs up until this point. Might as well stop because yeah, exactly. it is not <laughs> working. Much. Yeah. Yeah, my predictions have been – honestly, I will say I had I had the Nuggets going to the Finals. Uh, the Easter we'll, – we won't talk about the East. But yeah. Boy, I know. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Tampering will be up next. Mark, send us out. Ding, ding, y'all. Stay mellow.